0: Hello you beautiful people, it is another incredible MedShield Movement Connect show episode with me, Dr. Fez. Now we're going to be unpacking a lot of very interesting health issues per the healthcare awareness calendar and this month is September, so we're going to be speaking to an optometrist who's going to answer all the questions you probably have and also tell us some of the myths, because we don't want none of that. Get ready to know what you don't know about being body brilliant. This is the MedShield Movement Connect show, where we connect the dots between fitness, health, wellness, nutrition and of course you. Hosted by me, Dr. Fezim Keezer and a special guest that we have every month, sharing knowledge, insights and groundbreaking tips on how to get fitter, be stronger and live healthier. Turn up the volume and listen close. Today you amplify. It's the MedShield Movement Connect show. Let's go. Luke, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, man. So I know a lot of people tend to think optometrists are just about getting glasses or just about seeing how far you can see things, but what would you describe or how would you describe an optometrist's role in the medical scheme?
1: I think uh, primary health care, obviously ocular is the first part of it, but primary healthcare. so we've got to make sure that we're doing a full holistic treatment of that patient that comes into our room, and I think that's a major benefit, you know. Mm. Um, the eyes are the windows to the soul and one of the big things is that we can actually see the vascularization in the eye and it's one of the few parts of the body that we can actually see it. So, making sure that we're doing full healthcare checkup up from, from the ocular side in terms of health, anterior and posterior and then focusing on the glasses. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of optometry, the main focus is just how do we sell a pair of glasses or how do we get people into glasses yeah. where the major thing is actually the health side of it. You know. Um, silent killers, like glaucoma and that sort of stuff, but also the systemic health side is a big part that we can assist in 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 co-managing patients, you know, I think that's that's a big part.
0: Definitely, and I think especially in in the time we live in, we're not putting people into cubicles or compartmentalizing things, we are looking at holistic views when it comes to health. In your perspective, how often should somebody be coming to see an optometrist? Because people are always like, only if I'm starting to maybe not see quite well, or <laughs> yeah. only if I'm, I feel like, okay, I'm getting blind in certain places, I need to go see somebody. What would you say would be trigger points or signs that you might want to see somebody, or just... How many times in your lifespan should you have at least seen an optometrist? I think
1: the first myth is that we see the world the way we meant to see it. Yeah. So if you haven't done a test, you should be doing a test. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, it depends on your health. So if you're a kid, we lack before the age of four or seven is really important. So we call it the, the, the development phase of seven. Mm-hmm. After that, they usually talk about the channels being locked up. So people with amblyopia and all that sort of stuff, which is a lazy eye, eye that's not working. You know, a lot, of, not many people are playing pirates. You know, so yeah. They don't realize that one of their eyes aren't working and not. So that yeah, yeah. age of seven is important. And there is a lot of people that are offering free kid screenings. And so mm-hmm. we'll use that and utilize that as much as possible. A lot of optometrists will help with that. Then after that, you get your, your sort of 12-year-old who should have come at least for one test because mm-hmm. now you're going into high school and they find that's where a lot of the short-sightedness yeah. starts to show up. And then after that, it's once every two years, once every 18 months is kind of good depending on whether you're on myopia control, which we could maybe talk about later or not. And then after that, it's systemic health. Mm. So if you are healthy, once every two years. If you're not healthy, it can be once every three months. Okay. So that's where okay. that variation and that changes and that's, that's important. So health-wise, really controls how often you need it. Or the progression of your eyes relates how much you need to. to
0: Speaking on that, because you are talking about myopia, if you could just give a quick kind of uh, definition of what it is and why it is that you actually have to come in and get
1: that kind of checked. So myopia control is short sightedness. So someone Hmm. that can see close but they can't see far. Um, It's generally the the major thing, and it's a global phenomenon. So for example, in Japan, they're looking at like sixty to seventy percent of the population having it by the by twenty thirty or twenty forty. I think the stat was released. So don't. Quite me too old sure. to check the stats, but that's, it's, it's actually de- it's crippling their health system because there's so much focus on that, right? Mm. Um, so, there's a new thing called myopia control um, where you can actually help prevent the movement. So, they, they, the research has gone and saying, well, why are these kids or why are these people keep continuing to get more keep, and more and more yeah. and worse and worse and worse once you're correcting the vision? So, the science around it is basically now trying to prevent that movement. Mm. So, there's ways now to us to say, okay, well, you're a minus one, which is not so bad. How do we stop you to getting to a minus 7? And when you get to a minus 7, your risk of retinal detachment, your risk of blindness, your risk of non-preventable blindness, drastically increases. Mm. So again, if you can prevent that and you can stop that, Glasses can't fix those things that it causes. They can fix your sight, but it can't fix the secondary exactly health problems there, yeah. that, it, that it causes. So, the major focus is, yeah, is trying to limit that and prevent that. So, coming that, that, we actually see our patients, it starts off with like a, a two week cycle, a three week cycle, six months, six months, six months, six months, and then mm-hmm. we don't get progression, then it will stretch out to a year to two years once we don't have any progression in the, in the eye. Nice.
0: I mean, I always love hearing prevention because I'm always the person who advocates for that. Of course, people get ill and you want to treat those things, but you always want somebody to be optimized. You want somebody to live a life where he's actually going for the best, not trying to get the bare minimum. I've seen a couple of of discussion points, people like Professor Andrew Huberman. People talk about exercising your eyes as like a form of potentially preventing Fallout or issues with eye care or eye health in the future? Are there such things where you can kind of have exercises where you can improve or kind of prevent deterioration
1: when it comes to eye health? Um, I think first things first is getting some time outside. Mm-hmm. So two hours a day outside. They talk about for youth again. Everything's very much kid or, or child orientated in mm-hmm. terms of the adolescent phases. Um, in terms of ocular movements, you know, the big problem is is pressed biopia. That's what everyone wants to try and avoid. And pressed biopia is the loss of near vision, mm. the inability to see close as you age. Yeah. Um, so that particular <laughs> I love cha- I love the vernacular. by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that particular change, you know. So as that change occurs, that's what everyone wants to try and prevent. Yeah. And Unfortunately, as it stands, that comes for a lot of people, and there's nothing we can really do about it so I don't know if there's an industry hidden secret you know something that they're trying to hide from us that we that we can't uh, control that, but all the exercises and real development is around developing youth. how do we develop those eyes as a youngster how do we mm. get them into a normality or how do we get them as an advanced? so sports science right now and ocular sports science, Sherry worked with the sharks. That was all vision orientated. How do we increase our peripheral vision and, and how do we use those parts? But mm. it wasn't preventing health. It wasn't preventing uh, sight loss or anything. It was more about enhancing what you have okay. rather than, than preventing loss of, loss what, of you,
0: anything. what you have. I see it. Uh, it's always that thing. I think as humans, we always want to try not get to the worst possible point mm. as opposed to sometimes thinking, how am I just going to optimize how I am in general? When it comes to nutrition, and it's, it's the thing we're talking about holistically, people times I want to spot, eat, and I'm going to eat vitamin A, and, and that's going to kind of help me. so I'll just like carrots, 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 and then everything else I can maybe let go to the wayside. Is there a certain diet that's kind of approved for optimal eye health, or is it just trying to make sure that you are eating all your micros, getting all your macros in in your body and moving around and just generally being a well
1: human? I think, like you said, people want to prevent, we want to yeah. prevent, but yeah. it's what you do when you're young. So people often say, when I'm older, I will do, when I'm older, yeah. I will do. So the, the thing is trying to, trying to be young, trying to engage in, in health at a younger age. So start with antioxidants, which is great for the eyes, mm-hmm. um, but again, antioxidants are recommended in higher doses if you have macular degeneration. But where did the macular degeneration yeah, come from? from. In the first? Um, People talk about like vegetables and stuff and the joke is, have you ever seen a bunny with glasses? Yeah. You know, and then someone will bring up... My mom, my mom tells that joke, so... It's, it's like a very age-specific specific specific joke. joke. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so those particular vitamins and, and minerals and that sort of stuff, they can help. So people mm-hmm. with dry eye, uh, you can look at vitamin A, vitamin E, um, omega-3, those things can help, right? And mm-hmm. how you ingest them. Like omega-3, we used to think it was oil and oil. Yeah. But we actually now found that omega-3 has an anti-inflammatory... Response along the mybomian glands, which helps with the oils. So, like, there are little things, but in general, like, for the eyes to be sufficient, you, you need a low inf- inflammatory process. Mm-hmm. So, anti inflammatory diets are really mm-hmm. good, probably for the world, but yeah. anti inflammatory diets are good. And then, after that, is that how are you engaging with your systemic health? How are you putting health and cultural eating together? how you're putting health and exercise and all those sort of things because you can eat really healthy but if you're not exercising, mm. you can eat really healthy but you're not controlling your s- saccadic rhythm in terms of, of how sleeping you're sleeping anything, and that sort yeah. of stuff, you know? There's a, there's a combination of holistic health, which is what you say, so you can't just target just nutrition. Just one, yeah. But systemic, systemic health, so diabetes, high blood pressure, all those things which you can engage, or cholesterol, which you can engage in healthy diets and, and lifestyle changes, those things are also preventative for
0: ocular health problems. Yeah. So it is generally what we always say, live as well as you can. Mm we are in the time of uh, kind of your phone and yeah. social media and people start talking about kind of the blue lights and how that could potentially be detrimental to your eyesight and how that also affects you systemically because it affects melatonin and the circadian rhythm and everything else. When it comes to things like digital kind of fatigue or the computer vision syndrome where people are talking about dry eyes and the fact that their eyes hurt, head hurts, what are your thoughts around that and if you could just kind of explain in as, as layman's term as you can, the concept of blue light and how that affects you systemically.
1: So blue light is, is not necessarily blue light. Um, it's, it's any digital light, like the lights that are here yeah, in the studio yeah. and that sort of stuff that messes with the body's ability to, to see night and day. So it's not the blue light that's in the sky. That's actually really healthy for you as yeah. I look up at the blue sky in Durban. But mm-hmm. like the, the the real engagement is is digital light messing with the system where the, the body doesn't know when to switch off. Mm-hmm. So the blue light impacts us, so it impacts us in a way which we we can't control that saccadic rhythm. Um, if you've ever seen Erling uh, Haaland, he's got yeah. those massive orange yeah. ones, You know, that's proper blue blocking. But he's blocking himself from every, digit, every. every digital light that's coming at him. So it's not mm. just his cell phone, it's not just his phone. So there is a controversial point, so there's research always fighting. So blue blockers for computers and all that sort of stuff, the, there is a fight where it's saying it's gonna prevent macular degeneration, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. negative. It's, yeah. all, it's all where the light is landing yeah, that they're trying okay. to protect. Um, but if you go look at some of the research, there'll be arguments that it's causing worse vision in kids. It's, it's causing worse change to the eyes. It decreases contrast sensitivity, increases leaning forward posture, which then leads to neck pain and head pain. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are negative things. But the one thing that I can definitely say is that it helps with, and anecdotally, so research that we've, we've sort of seen and engaged over the years mm-hmm. is that it definitely helps with sleep patterns. So people that are struggling with sleep patterns that have heavy marketing jobs or heavy digital jobs or accountants or um, heavy lighting, wherever they are, sure. you know, that does help with the sleep pattern. Um, the problem is it does alter color. So white is not white, it's like brown. Um, it, it, so, if, for example, if you're a graphic designer, it's a hard thing to do because, hey, it is red. And then the client's like, no, it's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, but it's take your glasses off. Oh, okay. And then you see the <laughs> color change. But... The, the the thing with it is that it, it is controversial and people have different beliefs in it, but the one thing that I strongly believe that it does is help the sleeping patterns. Hmm. So um, there are a few uh, software development companies around the area here and I said to the guys, hey, can I have five or six guys that are battling to sleep? Can I have guys that are having good sleep? I want to just try something. And the thing around it was, It's not when you're wearing it just during the day. During Mm -hmm. the day you can do what you want because that's normal rhythm. But when you come into night and you go to Netflix and TV and and laptops and gaming, like lots of guys game Mm -hmm. and that's all, like you're playing Call of Duty, it's a strong light. You're really focused on the light so the brain's not getting that chance. Yeah,
0: exactly. And the melatonin's supposed to be rising to allow you to kind of start winding down and that kind of stimulation, exactly. 100%.
1: And that's why Kindle also focused on like having a a white back book they could have come and they could have made it a, a, a strong white color like an iPad, but they didn't. They could try to keep the natural pad because that actually helps with the reading quality. Actually, yeah. So they did the same thing and then books are always great. You know, a lot of guys will say, I can read and then go to sleep. You know, don't hear many people say, well, I watch my series on my pad <laughs> and then I pass I binged
0: it, I binged it and all of a sudden it just made me feel <laughs> calm and
1: relaxed. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the people that do watch TV sort of habitually for anti-stress and that sort of stuff will actually like, they're playing something at their nose, so they lose focus on the TV mm-hmm. and then they'll fall asleep. They're not fixated on this interesting movie. Oh, yeah. as if you're reading the book, you can still then close it and then sort and of turn off sleep. and go to sleep. And then
0: in terms of the people you were helping who were having difficulty sleeping within those businesses, did they actually come back and say they started to yeah, feel so like that they was, were sleeping no, so that was better quality part, right? sleep? Yeah. So it was
1: before blue control came out, or blue, uh, your, your phones, like iPhones mm-hmm. that can switch into a dark mode, which yeah. like changes the color to a yeah. color. So it was before that was around. Um, but what we did is we did that so the one guy was getting like zero sleep He got sort of three or four hours, which was great The other guy was getting six he got up to eight and another the guy that was getting decent sleep got better sleep And then through the different people some people said no response But mm-hmm. in that one guy that was noticeable he wasn't getting and he had struggled for sleep for years
0: Because zero yeah, zero is, yeah, he is was, a crazy number to you know, have So especially. people
1: have insomnia for different reasons, mm-hmm. you know, so again it can be PTSD or other psychological stuff, but he specifically was, was since I've started working, I've struggled to sleep. And that was an interesting chat with yep. that. He, he put the glasses on and he, he said, look, this helped with the placebo effect, no <laughs> placebo effect as always. But he he had, a, he had definitely had a much better uh, quality of sleep after that. So I was grateful that, I, like that's for me, it's, it's helpful. Of course. We're, we're doing something that's aiding this guy to better his lifestyle. And I think that... That's where that blue control is. If it can age your lifestyle,
0: then you, and it doesn't do any harm as well. That's, no, that's, that's always the, the big thing when it comes to any sort of management. I think with how we're moving and, and the era that we live in and the amount we engage with screens, phone, computers, whatever it is, it's always something to be mindful of when it comes to humans and how we're built and just biologically that sleep is a cornerstone mm. for any 100%. sort of health optimization. 100%. You can, it can be the fittest, lowest body percentage, everything else is hinged on your body's ability to then regulate itself within that 24 hour cycle. So I think it, it's something to take home. It's a big nugget, and we always are trying to make sure you guys are connecting the dots. Speaking of fast, uh, fast fire questions, I usually ask people uh, questions out of the blue and, and kind of off left field, but for today, I feel like I would love to know some of the myths that you've heard. That you want to quickly dispel for people at home because I'm I'm very interested. Like everything that you said to me now is things that I've kind of read read around and hearing it from you and how you kind of speak about it, it almost clicks into place quite quite fluidly. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest myths you've heard and you just quickly want to dispel, especially to the people who are watching?
1: Um, I think yo the biggest myth first of all is mm-hmm. like the way that I see the world is the way that I see the world. Like that. That is the first one. People don't understand that their vision could be. Can I tell you
0: what's crazy about that? I have a a colleague. He is uh finishing his specializing time. He said that he grew up and he used to walk around and he thought life was like just what it was. And then somebody once said, Hey, why aren't you seeing that there is like a couple of dots that are there? And he was like, Okay. Anyway, it leads down to at about the age of eight getting glasses. Mm. And he said, Grass has blades? Yeah. Like there's... No, trees there's leaves. Actually, yeah, he's like, no, leaves? Trees, trees, he was like, trees. it just used to kind of be this murky thing where I just... It was like green, but it was just like this blobby kind of look. And that's what you're saying to me every time somebody says that. I'm like, I think the,
1: I wow. Think the, I think the two craziest stories for me about that was... Is one was a, a little girl. Hmm. She came in. She got her eyes tested. And she, when I say little, 12, 13 years old, she put on the glasses. She walked outside and <laughs> she said people's faces have wrinkles? Like, I was like, you can't say that. Like, as was the first thing, it was quite funny. And then the second one, which was quite heartwarming, there was this 36 um, year old guy, and like he had burn marks and stuff on his face and stuff. Mm. And I asked him like, what do you do? You do your case history. So I'm a baker. And I said like, but why, why? He says, no, I have to go really close to the instruments to see it. And like that, like pops oh. up your ears. And he had never had an eye test before, and it was a minus 19, so. If you take hundred divided by nineteen, so what's that? Like five centimeters, hmm. four centimeters, whatever, in front of his face. That's as far as he could see. So because oh. it was so bad and it had never been treated, he had lost that one eye. So we put the contact lens on, and he walked out. Because I, I, you don't really get glasses up to minus nineteen. So hmm. he put the contact lens on, and he walked outside. And his girlfriend was in front of him. And like you know those things like where you hear for the first time, yep. or you see color for yep. the first time. It was one like where he could actually perceive what was in front of him for the first time. And like it took a bit of space for, for, space for perception and stuff, but, and he just started to cry. Like, and that's when like he just started crying and he realized, okay, this is what I've been missing my whole life. And I, like 36, 35 years old, that's... you know? and, and that for me is like, it's just also, uh, it's just community awareness. Someone says probably when he was working, he, he can't study, he's useless. Like mm. 60% mm. Of, I think, mm. the, I think the stat was like 60% of uh, a disability through eye is preventable just by giving glasses. So that's why like there was Vision 2020 and yep. ICEE and Brian Holding Institute and Israel, which are all these projects trying to like increase community awareness of our health. But just just the two notes, you say like, well maybe this kid can't Conducting pass because seat. they can't see. It. Yeah, I had one that was like they sent him to to remedial school and they came through and they, like I checked their eyes and I was like, well this and this and this and this. Now she's in normal school, writing normal exams and like living her life, you know. Mm. And and that myth that like glasses make the eyes worse, you know. The glass, yeah, that's it's the glasses. If, if you spot. put them on, then uh, your eyes no. are just going
0: to get worse as and, time and goes on. Yeah. And it's
1: rather the naivety. So it's the naivety of what the world actually looks like, you know. That 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 older person that that we call it short arm syndrome. Like mm-hmm. when the arm just starts creeping out, and they want to fight it, and they want to fight <laughs> it. Like, yeah. But I can't yeah, read yeah, the menu. The menu font yeah, has gotten smaller. I'm
0: sure everybody at home knows that and person then, who's. As,
1: uh, He's just like, no. Mm, well, you know, when did they start changing the font size and the? Yeah. Well, well the best is I, I had a patient the other day saying, no, I just asked my child to read it. Like, if I can't see it, I just asked my child. Beautiful
0: to read. outsourcing. <laughs> that.
1: I was like, well, they're gonna leave you at eighteen, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you kind of stuck. Um, but yeah, just that, and then they put, and then they think it's glasses but there's natural aging there's natural mm. norms and that mm. sort of stuff so Still. i think that's where the where optometry let ourselves down was the myoclip of control but now we're correcting you we just didn't know mm. like it's like going back to world war ii and saying why did more people survive or well, now we knew what bacteria was Or yep. we're now saying what's plastic surgery or what's this yeah. or what's that we just didn't know so i think that that thing of knowing and growing our knowledge again that myth that everything is as we see it is is, is probably the biggest one um, I don't know, is there any other myths that you can think I, I, of that you You can know fit? what,
0: uh, and this is more just me being aware, because we always have people sitting down here and I can always tell when something resonates, because I know I love health. For a whole host of reasons, but I'm somebody who's always wanted to optimize myself. I've always wanted to kind of understand for myself. So I always relate things very closely to me. And you are very passionate about the things that you're talking about, not just from in from an academic. Oh, this this is what the New England Journal of Medicine kind of yeah. kind of says. And for me, it's a question of why optometry. And um, for myself, yeah, that's a
1: it's always a tough question, yeah. but. First of all, I can't see, so <laughs> so, so intro, introduction to optometry came through the fact that I couldn't see and I was fortunate enough to be able to see, so the yeah. first thing was the introduction. Um, me personally, I was registered for business science finance mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to do medicine and sometimes you need certain amount of marks to do medicine. Um, and i didn't get in so they about a week before they said hey there's this opening in optometry mm-hmm. um, i see you had applied or you still i'd been overseas playing sports at that stage um you know and they said well are you coming back do you want to take up the spot and i was like i think god opened this door so let me walk through it sure. so on a spiritual journey i walked through it and the major points that i like and you feel value and like if you come into my practice mm-hmm. i hold value mm-hmm. you know walking and, yeah. and selling a uh, bit of glasses maybe in a retail shop would be different but holding value in your, in your industry um, and holding respect and then just being able to help community. Like Everything about my life is generally set up about how can I help people, or how can I advance. Can like friendship circles are, are how can you best feed off me and how can I best feed off you and that's the type of care I try to give my patients. What is the best optical experience that I can give you and how mm-hmm. can I best enhance your life? Um, and I think that's when I walked into that field, I, I kind of got that ability optometry itself has a high turnover rate in terms of people moving on to other degrees mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because it can be boring and I found that the love of people is, is, is what why it, kept is you. what's kept me there and It's what's literally
0: kept going. the same thing when it comes to me too like there's that just that resonance especially with the human condition and you can help people in so many ways if you have a skill set but like the main thing for me and like clearly it sounds like it's the same thing for you the main thing is people. Yeah. You're saying you can't see can you so I don't have wrinkles to you. I'm flawless right now. I just, <laughs> I look I look like a pristine, am I I've, smooth? Am I've,
1: I've got my contacts in. Ah, so uh,
0: uh, I was about me. to say. Like, but we, we can work
1: me? on some editing. And oh, okay,
0: okay, okay. Because I was thinking maybe you're seeing me with a filter no. and I was just like a, a smooth face. <laughs> now, Luke, man, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, you are clearly a wealth of knowledge and you have a heart that's helping you change other people's lives. I hope all of you at home have also taken nuggets because i've taken a whole bunch i'm going to go back and when i see patients and i see people it's going to be a whole different experience when it comes to referring them to mm. optometrists um, for them to get to get better eye care so it is the month for eyes and we're hoping that you're going to be looking after your eyes a lot better after hearing all of that it is another incredible episode of med movement connect share with me dr fez catch you on the next one keep your eyes open. MedShield medical scheme focuses on restoring confidence in tomorrow and encouraging peace of mind for all South Africans with nine medical aid plans designed for every budget and phase of life. To get a quote, visit www.medshield.co.za.